0: This is a Federal News Network podcast.
1: It's fair to say the National Security Agency has more stringent cybersecurity requirements than the average cat. But like other agencies, it's doing more online collaboration these days. That's why it put together a guide to choosing and using conferencing and other collaboration tools securely. Here with more, the NSA's Cybersecurity Directorate Technical Director, Neil Ziering. Mr. Ziering, good to have you on. Thanks, Tom. It's good to be here. Is it correct to say that even the NSA does have people teleworking? I know a lot of people need to be in the skiffs and so forth in the intelligence community, but you do have some teleworking going on also?
0: Well, I can't go into detail on that, Tom, but, you know, we're having to react to this crisis like everyone else, and both ourselves and everyone across the national security community that we serve is trying their best to keep their workforce safe while continuing to do uh, their vital national security missions. And collaboration is always a part of that.
1: Sure. So lots of federal agencies, from the least secure to the most secure, are using all kinds of collaboration tools. Give us, what are the big security requirements and considerations for these types of tools?
0: Sure. You know, we were uh, watching this. We were supporting all sorts of DOD workforce efforts and we noticed there was a vacuum in terms of guidance to help people use collaboration services uh, securely so you know we have a great deal of deep expertise here in our workforce on this so we put together what we thought were a core requirements that individuals who maybe were suddenly trying to work from home or from some remote location could pick up and use to choose a collaboration service that would meet their own uh, security needs For example, does it use uh, good encryption? Does it have ability to use multi-factor authentication? Can the user see and control who connects? These are all very important requirements for uh, selecting a service that you're going to use for government work.
1: Because you have a list of about seven cybersecurity aspects of these, encryption, uh, two different levels of encryption, and so on. And there's a yes or no according to each one. Are there any particular characteristics that if they get a no at, that product would be just simply ruled out altogether?
0: Well, we didn't want to go there. We didn't want to be prescriptive because the needs of different agencies vary widely. We wanted to inform folks across the national security spectrum of which requirements they should consider. I don't think any of them are sort of showstoppers in that sense. They're all reasonably important and they're going to vary between different folks. For example, there are some folks in DOD I know where uh, the authentication is a very important concern for them. So for them, criterion number three, use of multi-factor authentication will be vital. And we just wanted to inform them and have a representative list of products. It's not a comprehensive list showing what they should consider and what they should ask of the products that they start to use.
1: Basically, it looks like the only thing that doesn't encrypt or use multi-factor authentication or do anything is plain old SMS text, which is not really a brand, but that's what everybody's got on their phones.
0: Yeah, we threw that in as a comparison. We're really hoping people will choose to use more secure means than uh, bare SMS.
1: And in coming up with the lists and the different ratings for the different yes or no answers on the different aspects of security on these products, did you just get that from the product literature or did you test them?
0: For the most part, we got it from the product literature because we noticed this vacuum. We had received multiple sort of time-sensitive requests from customers across DOD and other national security establishments saying, hey, we need some help here. So we got together a team of folks. We uh, did some testing and a whole lot of reading of product literature under conditions emulating what a uh, teleworking user would face. And then we put these together and we invite the uh, folks who maintain these systems, if they spot an inaccuracy in what we've published, then they can write to us and we will correct it. We've already gone through one round of revision.
1: Got it. We're speaking with Neil Zeering, the technical director of the Cybersecurity Directorate at the National Security Agency. And have you heard from any agencies that said, hey, this happened to us with this particular product. You better be aware of that potential.
0: No, we haven't received reports of actual incidents. We have had several national security organizations write to us and say that the guidance is helpful and asking additional technical questions. That's pretty standard for us.
1: Sure. And I have a question about these products, too. Suppose someone in a national security situation is teleworking and collaborating over these. And let's postulate that no data is being exchanged say, no documents or something would be exchanged mm-hmm. back and forth in that manner, because it may be against the rules and depending on the sensitivity of the data. But people are talking. If they were to be talking about something that could be classified or make a reference, is one of the issues that voice could be somehow obtained by a third party that's not authorized?
0: Yeah, that's certainly a, a concern for this category of product, right? Now, we do caution folks to think about uh, what they're saying over these systems. These are unclassified systems, and so they uh, shouldn't be talking classified over them in any case. But yeah, that's why criterion number one is important, for example, right? Is this something that employs encryption so that if there's somebody uh, who can see that traffic, then uh, they're not going to see anything but ciphertext? That's a very important part of selecting a uh, a secure collaboration service.
1: Let me ask you this. If you could design an ideal product in terms of cybersecurity for collaboration, what would it look like?
0: Well, I think it would, it would look a lot like some of the commercial products that are out there now. There are some really good ones. It should implement strong encryption, and that encryption should meet published encryption standards. It should support multi-factor authentication. A really important aspect is... Transparency. The service should let you see who is connected, see where it's connecting through, allow you to see what data you have stored in the service and delete it, and also whether the service provider is going to be sharing data about you or your usage with any third parties. That's a concern as well.
1: And one of the criteria is whether the source code is shared, the public source code is shared. What is the consideration there? Why is that important?
0: Yeah, that is that is criterion number seven. And that's an aspect of transparency, right? That lets reviewers or potentially someone like NSA examine how the product is implementing its security and see if that that is being done correctly.
1: And there's probably some good guidance for the vendors. There's one here called Signal, which I'm not familiar with, but it gets yeses on all of the criteria except FedRAMP. It seems like that company ought to go for its FedRAMP certification.
0: Well, I would encourage any companies that want to provide service of this kind to the federal government to uh, consider FedRAMP. I was there when they started FedRAMP. I think it's a a great program. FedRAMP is important because in gaining a FedRAMP certification, a company needs to thoroughly document how their security works and how it's provided. And then uh, the federal government can have more uh, faith or more uh, assurance when they're utilizing that service.
1: With respect to video, does video add cybersecurity risk in general to the use of these products?
0: Uh, I don't think it it adds risk in and of itself. For some of the products, uh, using video may affect uh, whether you get to use encryption or not. So that's an important consideration. But uh, no, otherwise, go ahead and do the video. It's fine.
1: (laughs) All right. Neil Ziering is Technical Director of the Cybersecurity Directorate at the National Security Agency. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Tom. We'll post this interview along with a link to the guide at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand and on your device. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One.
0: When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffel Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week. So patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on, and you'll be rewarded up to one thousand dollars your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com. Grab a thirty-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com/podcastone to learn more and start your free trial.